This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Shnick, we it's a little weirder now, you know, with the 17-game slate, but this is about the halfway point. Uh, I guess even more so for, you know, playoffs and fantasy and all that, but week eight is upon us. It is sad. I can't believe we're already at week eight. It's fun because... We're in the, the the heart of it all. We're getting dirt down and dirty, but you just know that November, December, fantasy football is already on the downturn. Ugh. Already on the downturn, but lots of work to be done still. No, don't let up on the gas, people. You gotta gotta keep it up. If you're if your record's looking good, you know, make sure you're staying afloat, maybe insulating yourself against some potential risks and if you're fighting for your life like i am in a few different places you just gotta hope and pray and try to capture some of the magic so this this is the fun stretch for sure if there's ever a time to catch any magic it's this week as we go into halloween so maybe there's magic in the air if it's there go and grab it people true we got the weird the weird bye week from bye weeks for some reason they just week eight there's no buys again and I guess because of Halloween, is that they wanted like a full slate for Halloween weekend. I don't know. But um, everyone could kind of have their full team, full strength, and then have to be worried about it again starting next week. But you know, let's, let's, let's just capture some of that spooky magic, the black magic. Yes. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> well, Shanique, let's go ahead and kick this off with our final spoopy nonsense minute. We've always got to start with that. And this week, I don't know. Maybe this is just going to be me kind of venting more than more than anything. But I don't know if you've seen this trailer, but there is like a, a horror slasher type movie coming out based around Thanksgiving. It's called Thanksgiving. Okay. And the the killer is dressed up like a pilgrim and has like a a faceless mask kind of thing going on, and you know he's going around killing people around thanksgiving one of the kills is he's got somebody like in an oven so it's it's very very cheesy very corny but you know those that's what those movies are it's why you don't like them so my question to you though is what is the least scary holiday or what is the holiday that makes like the worst horror movie because i feel like thanksgiving is up there this this doesn't look scary at all but I would say there's probably other contenders for just the worst one to try and, you know, shoehorn into that scary movie killer mold. Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I would be with you and say that Thanksgiving would be up there. But if you're talking about like murderers and like evil, like serial killer types and like slashers, like kill the whole town type or as you're saying with this movie, like, I mean, think about it. You know, the whole family's hanging out on Thanksgiving, watching football. Everyone's cooking. Good time. It's all wonderful. And then some freaking guy breaks into your house and just starts slashing everybody, throwing people in ovens and putting them in deep fryers and cooking them alive and stuff like that. I mean, that's that would be very unassuming to happen. So I would say Thanksgiving. I'm trying to think other holidays that are not scary. Gosh, maybe. I mean, you could make a case for anything, but like, I want to say, yeah. 
I, I want to say some, some along the lines of like that Memorial or that Labor Day possibly, but. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you could also say, yeah, if I'm out celebrating Labor Day on the lake with my friends and then the lake monster comes out and drags us all into the depths, like that's pretty scary. Mm -hmm. So I would almost say if I'm going to answer this question the way that my mind is taking it right now is that I would say every holiday has an element of scariness to it and it can strike at a moment's notice. So I'm going to I'm going to kind of cop out. I'm not going to answer the question how the way you want. I'm going to say every holiday. I can make a case for it being scary, just almost as scary as Halloween. How about that? All right, all right. I'm going to – let me talk this out with you because I've been thinking about this actually since I saw that dumb trailer. <laughs> some some of these holidays make sense, right? You can make – we've had Christmas be scary with Krampus, right? You can make um, – you can make St. Patrick's Day scary. you got creepy leprechauns out there. You can make – uh, Valentine's Day is scary. You could have like a Cupid killing everyone, right? I think that's those are reasonable. So those are not in the running for me. You can make Mother's Day scary because there's there's scary mothers out there. Evil, an right, evil so mother exacting an revenge mom, on right. her family. Yep. So you know what those I'm going to go with. I, I like your take on like Memorial Day or Labor Day. Those, those don't even have like characters to be scary, but you did take to the place where during those fun times, if someone starts Killing everyone from the lake, it can be scary. So those aren't in the running either. I'm going to go with what I think is the answer. And it's just going to be uh, a boring kind of like, yes, it makes sense. So maybe not good, good podcast filler. It's not even really a holiday, I guess. Uh, yes, I can take that back. It's not something that we celebrate, think of in the holidays, but it's a day that we typically try to like get off or uh, it, it's celebrated anyway. So my answer is going to be Veterans Day because, you know, one, it's we're supposed to be supporting the troops, thanking people for their service, right? Not a lot scary in there. And then most of the veterans, especially that we think about on that day, are just like these old Vietnam vets that are just you know, not going to be threatening to you or maybe they're a little crazy, but they're homeless and, you know, who's really like scared of a homeless person. So okay. <laughs> that's, okay. that's my answer. I mean, I can see the, the path that you got there, but I mean, I could definitely make a case for old time Vietnam war veterans saying, why in the heck were we fighting this war in the first place? Let's all team up and go and just destroy a town and kill everybody right. for it. That's, that's just like Rambo. But like Rambo's not scary, right? Okay, no, I hear you. I no, hear you. It's you know what I'm not, I, okay, you've got me. You've got me now thinking here. I'm back to you're right. It's not necessarily scary. Okay, I got to think more scary, not like just death, murder, which is scary sometimes. But it's just also just whatever sometimes, right? Yeah, it's just whatever. <laughs> exactly. That's that's my opinion. All that's right. why I pick Veterans Day. That's a good pick, and I like how you got there and you brought me along. I was a little, I was hanging in the back there, I was in the muck in the mire, and then I figured out exactly where we're going here. So that is a good, good pick. If anyone out there listening has some different answers, please let us know. You know, I I think I teased out a few of them. I went through most of the holidays. I can justify some of these other ones, you know. Fourth of July fireworks are scary. You ever just mm -hmm. watch the fireworks? Oh, be a little. Well, heart jump. 
So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's let's tease it out in the group chat and uh, wherever else you want to discuss it, and we'll try to find the worst holiday to make into a horror movie. And then let's make that movie, I guess. Yeah, we can make that movie then. All right, can't wait to hear about it. Sneak, uh, I can't think of like a major takeaway from week seven. We had a couple um, small injuries, you know, people out for a couple weeks or so, um, but nothing that's like shaking the foundations of, of a league or anyone's team that I can think of. So um, should we just move on into the regular meat and taters of the episode? Or is this yeah, we can, for sure. Yeah, I don't. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose. I'm trying to think here. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, let's just get right into the episode. That's what we're all about. Stuff might stuff might come back up in our memories, but I think we did want to take a lot of time coming up on this power rank segment anyway, because we're gonna do what we've done before and kind of take it from the perspective of what is what is the actual playoff picture going to look like not who we who we think is better who's going to be there at the end but what are we sitting at record wise points wise and what does that mean for this second half of the season so as always we'll start from bottom to top sitting at number 12 hanging strong is gummy number 11 is the south dakota buffalo number 10 after getting his first win is gooch Number nine, after a tough loss, is Big Sneak. Number eight, also a tough loss, uh, is Doug. Number seven, knocking on the door of the playoffs, is Big T. And then right at the top six right now is Eric at six, Jimbo at five, Hesse at four, Smith Ben 08 at three. And in the top two seeds currently, the guys slated for a bye, are Wade at two, and then freaking Brendan at number one. Do nothing, Kamish. Mm. Let's see here. I think the biggest thing is we look at Eric, who's traditionally at the top of our ranks or in like the top four. He's sitting at six right now, so you kind of feel like, oh, maybe that's a is he is he in danger of missing the playoffs? But he's got a two game lead on Big T who's in the seventh spot. So I don't know, in your opinion, are, are we set? Are we going to be able to like, can team make up two games on anyone above him? So sneak in the playoffs or is it kind of too late for all that? I guess that's the question that I have. Don't think it's too late. The probability of it happening is extremely low, but I want to just keep there. I want to keep a little bit, of that window open because so when do playoffs start the week what week 14 yeah week 15 actually okay so, we've got so one two three four five six seven weeks still to go seven weeks we're to go the halfway point yeah so there's a there's a way here that someone like urn doesn't make the playoffs but I think, you know, for fun, it would be nice to say, man, is Ernie not going to make the playoffs? It just, 
I don't think it, it's going to happen. It's fun to think about and fun to maybe try to find a way that it does. But like you said, the two game lead. Ah, I mean, let's let's not just isolate Eric because he's behind Jim in the standings. They have the same record, and they're only separated by six points too. So, if we're saying Eric has a has a slight chance of um, missing out, so does Jim. Um, and then Hesse too at that same record. So, so if they so we're saying Ernie, Jimbo, Hesse all have the same record. So I think we've done this before. We we'll probably do this every week, but at least this is a perfect time to do it. Where we're saying halfway through, we're going off the actual legit rankings of where people are out of those three teams. Which one has the highest likelihood of not making the playoffs? We're not talking about if they're going to or not going to. If you were to have to just guess or go off of numbers without looking at the future uh, schedules, which one would you say has the highest chance of not making the playoffs? So I'm going to take – where I kind of wanted to go with that too is Ben is the one that seems like he should be missing the playoffs. He's at okay. six and one, so he's got he's got farther to fall record-wise. It's, you know – harder for him but he's also scored much less than most of the teams in the league he's only outscored um you me and matt so he's got the fourth lowest points in the league but he's had the least amount scored against him so that's helped his his record if things continue to trend that way i could see him uh haven't looked we haven't looked too far out for all the matchups but he's probably a, a 500 team the rest of the way you know, that like that should be reasonable, right? So All right. he ends around he ends around what nine and six? Maybe eight and seven? No, sorry, it should be fourteen total. So um yeah, eight and six or seven and seven? No, actually no, that's he can't do that either. I'm rambling here, but yeah, maybe so let's say he goes let's say he goes five hundred or let's say he goes three and four the rest of the way. That puts him at nine and five. That feels like a strong enough record to still get in. Unless he there's ties and points scored and all that, but giving him like a reasonable, somewhat pessimistic view, he might have done enough at the beginning of the season just to like squeak his way in. So maybe no one falls out of the top six. Yeah, and as you're talking this through, as we're kind of we're kind of getting into here in these in the bones of it all, I think the better question would be. Does is there any chance for the seven through twelves to make the playoffs? You're out. Gooch is probably out if a nine to five, if if Ben if like you I don't know here I don't know numbers I'm not a numbers guy I barely know how to read and write. If if Ben goes nine and five, which is that what you just said his record's going to be if he goes five hundred yeah. the rest of the way? Yeah. Even, and yeah. he's not, and he's, he's would then assume, let's just say, let's say Hesse and I guess Jimbo and Fritz do, do better than that. Similar so the same. I mean, like the best, sure. the best case, the, really, then we're talking about that. Me, I, like me, Doug, and me and Doug almost have to win out to make the playoffs. Yes. 
at five losses already. T has can lose one more time, you could maybe say. Sure. And you and then, pretty much say a tie break. Matt and you are out. Probably. Okay. We got there. I don't know if that is accurate. I'm sure we're going to get raked over the coals by all this mathematician statisticians in this league slash listeners, but I think that makes sense. I T T can has to has to can only take one more loss through until the playoffs. Doug and I have to win out, and that also means that Ernie Jimbo Hesse have to almost lose out as if we're if we win out and they lose out. I don't even know if that flops it. Anyway, the moral of the story is I think what we're saying here is this might be this is the only chance that this is in our playoffs team, I think, is if T doesn't really lose anymore. Almost. Yeah, I think he's the, he's the only one in the bottom that has a chance. And it's pretty slim is that an accurate thing to say i mean it could like again just let's let's take a quick peek ahead um you know eric's got a tough schedule he plays wade this week jesse the next i'm sorry no you the next week you and you and jesse's team names are killing me here um where's ben let's just look at ben's ben plays doug this week not necessarily He'll probably win that one. He plays Brandon the following week. He'll probably lose that one. Then he's got Jesse. He'll probably lose that one. Eric, so he'll probably lose that one. So Ben has his tough stretch coming up. He does get me, though, in week 12 to help him. And then... Chase, who, depending on what he's selling at that point, could be an easy win or loss. And then he plays Tyler. So the week 14 matchup between Ben and Tyler could very well be for a playoff spot. Ooh, um, that would be awesome. Tyler Wouldn't that be back great track. down to that for the last playoff spot? That's what we want. That'd be that's great. Yeah, so. Tyler, Tyler gets to I play think- me and Matt still coming up. So, yeah, Tyler's got, Tyler's got a real run at this, especially if some of the – Top scoring teams that are at five and two which kind of cannibalize each other. That could even make it tougher for them. But looking like Tyler's got a real shot to be Tyler and Ben look like they have a real shot to be same record going into that last week for that last playoff spot. Yeah, I agree with you now that we started out with is Ernie gonna miss the playoffs? Is it Hesse? I think it I think you're right. It's Ben has the more clear chance to fall to the bottom than I believe because then I believe Ernie Jimbo and Hesse does because of the team that Ben has and it's bound to come come after come to buy them at some point and I think he you know with Jimbo beating him this week with Jimbo having a skeleton crew and you look at his team like you gotta if he doesn't get magical Zach Moss anymore or a long Josh Kelly touchdown, he doesn't have any, he doesn't have any running backs to play really. So he needs to, he, every week he needs big cup D 
DJ Moore, Ridley, Devonta Smith style games. And we've, they've all, all of those receivers have shown that they have the ability to score 25 to 30 or four. So yeah, he has the, the, the team. He has the worst team, I believe out of those four we keep talking about. So but who knows? I mean, inexplicably, he's at six and one already, which he built himself. He did a he did amazing up into this point to give him that leeway on losses. But it's just hard. It's hard for me, you know. It's uh, as shocking it is to see Eric at six. It just it doesn't seem like he's going to be at six going into the the playoffs, but. You know, Jimbo and Hesse even, like we've talked about Hesse the last couple of weeks, he has he has shown that he's a lot better than we thought. So maybe the gap between Ernie, Jimbo, Hesse is a lot tighter. And Ben has kind of been resting on his early season miracles a little too much to be sitting up there at six and one in third place, thinking, you know, he's just lost last week. We'll get into the matchups here, but he uh, oh, he plays Doug this week, and Doug's been dropping players like you wouldn't believe. So, gosh, if Ben gets this win, this if Ben were to win this week, does that almost guarantee him a playoff spot? No, seven not necessarily. No, not seven, not necessarily. Okay, no, just because he does play, um, he plays a tough stretch there, and I mean. If Ben puts if Ben team puts up what it did last week, Doug could still beat him. <laughs> I know that was kind of a anomaly, putting up seventy two. Like I don't even put up seventy two each week. I put up more, I should say I put up more than seventy two each week. So Ben will probably see better days, but I don't know. It's just precarious, and like you said, it's he doesn't have uh, another running back to to do anything. So if I think I saw Zach Moss pop up with like an injury thing too. So maybe he starts rolling with Ty J Spears, who if Derrick Henry gets traded from the Titans, then he probably that probably boosts his odds to stay in the playoff mix. But yeah. He clearly Ben did clearly made a move to try and like not be in the playoffs and to play for the future. And it just didn't turn out that way. So it's it's a weird spot for him to be in. And then not to make any other moves since then, since he traded away Jonathan Taylor and Alvin Kamara, right? Like he did that, signaled one one intention. It didn't go that way, and then I guess he's just riding it out. But, but what do we um, expect from Ben? Right? He's only got one or two moves in him a year. So I mean, it's a good I spot to be in for that. somebody who seemingly traded away two of his top four or five guys and is still looking at a very good shot at playoffs and with the draft capital he has. I mean, that's how you, that's how you want to draw it up, right? Especially in a dynasty league where you're still competitive and still have future assets because there's been the opposite of that. People selling the farm for the now and don't make the playoffs or don't do anything with it. And then they've got nothing to, then they just got to hope that their guys that they've traded for or whatever, is good enough to last you a couple of years. So that's, you know, Ernie's been, you know, speaking of something like that, Ernie's been the kind of the prototype for that is the last 
three years being extremely good, extremely relevant, very competitive, one of the top teams, tons of draft assets, and still tons of players in varying ages and positions to where you're like, whoa. So, like, it, there's many ways to go about managing in this, you know, managing your dynasty teams, and we're seeing it. We see it every we see it every year. You know, we've been at this thing for – the dynasty league's not only been out for forever, but we're going on 100 – 90 episodes or whatever on this show and every time we seem to come around to saying stuff like this but anyway that's the rankings week eight halfway through the season it's gonna be uh it's gonna be really interesting to see how this thing plays out and for us at the bottom there's some that have a sliver of hope there's some that have no hope and yeah that's it well let's we did kind of ramble and struggle through that projection section there, but let's talk about those bottom teams really quick because it kind of goes with what you were just talking about where, yeah, the best place to be is where Eric and Brandon and Wade are and have been or they have really good teams and a ton of picks moving forward somehow. Um, then there's the team at the bottom where at least you want to have a lot of picks moving forward, maybe some young assets. and or at least bottoming out because you'll have your pick and thus it'll be high and good. But we've got some of these other bottom teams that don't even have their picks. And those lottery picks are with teams that are already good and contending for championships. So what do those teams do? They don't they have much no that they can you do. Just, <laughs> you just wait it out and accumulate assets that you can get because yours are obviously more valuable and going to be tied up to those good teams. Yeah. Is that what we're saying? Like you just say, okay, well I have to be bad anyway. I will be bad anyway. So. Yeah. I I mean, perfect example of that is me and Matt, we don't have our picks. I'm slightly better than Matt at this point. And I have, I was expecting this year to be better with my young guys and, I made a little move to try to get some board security, but I'm not winning. So I could easily be in the, my pick will be in the lottery and I'll be right back to where I was started this year, next year, where I'm like, well, hopefully all my guys do good because I can't do anything hey, else about it. You can fight your way out of the lottery. Okay. Don't worry. Doug's, Doug's coming to be that other lottery team. But yeah. I don't, it's, um, that's this. That's we play dynasty. We like dynasty because you get yourself into strategies like this, right? Where if I was zero and seven in like a redraft league, man, that, that sucks, and I truly have no chance of doing anything that year, right? So it's just like a wasted kind of effort. At least in dynasty, you can make moves for the future for next year um, and be strategic that way. So that's why it's fun, but. Um, kind of a, a tough predicament in some cases. And then I guess, you know, eventually those those picks get made, they come off the books, and you can really start fresh. But just, I, it hurts looking at, like, again, Brandon having a lottery pick next year, you know, because uh, he, he is sitting at the top of the league right now. Same with Blade and Eric and um, teams like that. So, yes, I'm calling them out two of those teams listen and unfortunately maybe 
has placed a target on your back, but probably not because there's not much actionable uh, things to be done with that. So there you go. That's my soapbox. I don't even know anymore. Shane, you said it at the top. This is going to be one of those episodes, and it definitely is. Ugh. Clunky. Don't worry, I'll cut a lot of it, though. Let's uh, take a break, but maybe we can get refreshed by one of our sponsors. I remember hearing phrases like ADPs, yards per carry, touchdown to interception ratios, and fantasy points per game. These were all gibberish and made no sense to me. But then I listened to the Scum and Schneek show. Their knowledge and skills are unmatched. Thanks, Scum. Thanks, Schneek. I now have what it takes to win my fantasy football league, the best fantasy football podcast on this side of the Mississippi. Pew. Codenames brought to you by... Sneak sweets. <laughs> Sneak. Week matchups? We eight matchups. Let's start off, as always, with the 12th ranked Bijan Robinson team against the number one ranked hyper extension. Brandon versus Scum used to be one of the matchups for the ages. Now it's just let's cut to the chase. The blowout of the week. Best gum and sneak blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Let's go. Yeah, you're getting blown out, dude. It, um, it's too easy to call on this one. I would like to say, Brandon, maybe change your name. There's been a lot of name changing going on this league this year, and yeah, Kelsey's not even extension for like. Too long now. He's not even hurt no more. Change that up. Scum, I could say this Brand about your team. I think um, I think what you're just really hoping for is to see Bijan back out there after being sick and yeah, just running around, juking people, maybe getting a touchdown, getting you some getting you some points. Not gonna make a difference, but I think that's what you want to see. Uh, and on Brandon's side, it's who's gonna be the flavor of the week, who's gonna get how many of his players are gonna get 25 to 30 points. Easy blowout. Yeah. Brandon's gonna get the win. You are rolling out uh Badgett, though. You got is this your Bears week? Or is I just I will I like the Bears matchup against the Chargers defense, obviously. So I'm gonna go with the Badgett and Tyler Scott stack. Since okay. since Badgett took over, Tyler Scott's actually gotten a couple targets. I like him. He's he's spry. I want to see what we got out of the rookie. You know, I like to put my guys, I like to test them, put them in opportunities where they where they can succeed. So in the same way, my boy Marvin Mims is back up in the lineup. He's had a couple of down weeks. He's made mm-hmm. some rookie mistakes, but time to shine against uh, a strong Kansas City team. So we're gonna we're gonna put him in. You know, I'm just motivating these guys so we can kind of build some character and, and look towards the future to build together. Josh Downs now a mainstay, so he's in. Um, but all those guys, I'm not gonna be able to stand up against Christian McCaffrey, Mister Touchdown, no matter what. AJ Brown, who is I don't know, making an argument to like be the best wide receiver in the league. He's mm-hmm. been on a tear lately. Kelsey Mahomes stack is obviously going to be potent. I mean, I guess it depends if Taylor Swift is in attendance. That's when they're uh, a little better. But even still, they're going to do great. Let's see, Brendan's re- rolling out Brees Hall against me. Maybe a little, uh, uh, little gamesmanship. 
from him, you know, throwing out the Brees Hall curse. Like, is that going to come into effect? We'll see. But, yeah, blowout of the week. Will be fun to watch. And I just want to, like I said, see my guys, show some potential, uh, tryouts for next year. And that's that's how we're rolling right now. Yeah, love it. Sounds good to me. Let's move on. We we typically save these big matchups kind of towards the end, but let's do it right now because along with our playoff talks, this one this one's big for I guess just putting someone in jeopardy or someone locking up a buy or at least the, the path to the buy. We've got our sixth ranked Joe Marchero team versus the number two ranked E Buttersnaps. Eric versus Wade, five and two versus six and one. So this could, this could really swing one of those races. Um, Eric obviously wants to get tied up with Wade, um, have the same record, give him a little protection from falling out of the playoffs, and also maybe get in a buy conversation. And Wade wants to lock that up, go seven and one, stay with Brandon. How do you see this one going? I see this one going in Ernie's favor. He needs it. He's going to put, be putting all of his might into it. One of the reasons is I don't know if I, – I mean, I guess my my question, my thing would be is, is New England, after last week against the Bills, are they going to do whatever they can in their world to, do, to try to stop Tyreek? I think that's the one of the storylines I'll be watching on Wade's team. I mean, Tyreek Hill has just been insane and – Ernie needs big games. He needs a big Jamar Chase game. He needs a big St. Brown game. He needs Devontae against Detroit. Hopefully that has some scoring going on. He needs Eckler to not have six points or whatever he did last week. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he gets it all. I think it all comes uh, comes up aces for, for Eric this week. He gets his win. He, he's, he takes himself a little bit further away from that sixth spot and any potential of falling out of playoffs in these next – you know, two months. So I'm going to say Ernie gets the win here and uh, it's it. He's going to have to, he's going to have to, he doesn't want to get this loss and just, so I just, that's how I see it going. I see it. It's almost like it has to happen. So I'm going to put whatever I can in there to say it's going to happen as well. Uh, You know, Wade, he's good. He's got, he's got so many good players as well that just, have all the ability in the world to, you know, be, be superstars each, each week. But I think there's going to be a, I think Tyreek's going to have a little bit of a down game. I wouldn't be surprised if the saints bottle up Taylor. Yeah. That's kind of how I see it shaking out. All right. Eric is um, not projected to win, but we're going to give it to him. I'm going to watch for Wade. Uh, it probably won't be an issue, but Jalen hurts popped up with like a knee sprain. I think that news dropped today. It's kind of a surprise. Like he seemed fine in his last game, and he probably is fine. They they say they're not going to miss anything, miss any time. But if something happens during practice this week, you know, he just kind of moves the wrong way or starts to just give him some issues. Josh Allen plays tomorrow night, so if let's say you know Wade sticks with with Hertz in the starting lineup, but then something pops up on Friday. He won't have Allen as a replacement, so it'll just be that could be something for him to, I don't know, consider. Again, like I said, probably not even going to be an issue. Hurts probably plays and does fine, but you know, 
knees are scary and they don't want to, if something were to come up where they're like, our, our guy is going to be in danger. They've got to at least consider that. I don't know. Just putting it out there in the universe. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a huge point. I didn't realize that that could be extremely detrimental for Wade. If for some reason Hertz doesn't play and he loses out on playing Allen on Thursday, but the, if he does play Allen and it's Thursday and there's always been a lot of duds on Thursdays, Bucks have a pretty decent defense. He says, I'm just going to play Allen. And he kind of fuddles through to a 17 point game or whatever. Hertz does play. Let's say it goes off for like 35 or whatever. So this is a huge, this is a very huge decision for Wade to make. I'm glad you brought it up because I did not see it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, unlikely that it really is a thing, but just I could see the path to where it really messes with him and leads to the, an easier Ernie win. So let's watch it. Go to another big matchup playoff wise. We've got the Eggshell White Knight. Pocahontas, the short film, versus Big T, Jimmy Cooks. Uh, Jimbo is projected to win. He'd be favored to win. But if if Tyler can pull this one out, you know, can bank this win, it would be a big one for him before he hits, like, his easy stretch against teams like me and Matt. It would really help him make that playoff push that we spent so much time talking about earlier. Yeah, this one's hard for me to call because – Kind of the same thing what we just talked about. T needs the win. He can't afford to have too many losses. He's got a nice team pulling out there with, I think, a lot of good plus matchups. Uh, but Jimbo has proven that he's very good this year, and he's got the explosive Pollard and Etienne. Etienne's been very good. Pollard's been, for as in my opinion, as disappointing he's been. He's still number 13 running back, so a big week could vault him. Uh, back into the the top ten running backs would help immensely for Jimbo to go for a win. I like his young receiver. You know, Zay Flowers have been coming on a lot more recently. Obviously, Puka's been crazy. But on T's side, got Keenan Allen against Chicago. Jordan Addison just had the game of his career going up against Green Bay. Could could very well have another similar type game. Gibbs had a good game last week, and then going up against the Raiders on Monday, he could just go right back into back to back good weeks. And much to our hatred, Pacheco has been doing pretty stinking good as well. And he's got Denver, who's been extremely leaky on defense. So who's going to win this one? I have to say it that I'm going to give the slight edge to T because he needs the win, in my opinion, a little bit more than Jimbo needs it. That's right. We're picking T this week for the big upset of the week. Scum and Sheik upset of the week. Scum and Sneak, upset of the week. Upset of the week. Yay, yay. Oh, he's getting upset this week. Oh. I think what we're going to, what it's going to come down to is who stack does better. Is Big Tex, CJ Stroud, Nico Collins going to, have one of their huge games that we've seen this year, or do uh, Christian, not Christian, even though Kirk is a Christian, do Kirk Cousins and uh, Jordan Addison kind of continue on with what they did this past week? That was your downfall. Does that relationship continue to grow? Is it just like a, a steady kind of thing? And 
you know, is Addison the new Jefferson for Kirk? Like, if they have another huge week, that upset does happen. What's uh, what's so what's T's big stat called? Uh, Norse Force. The Norse Force. I was trying to get Big Nord in there, but you got it. The Norse Force. There you go. That's a good one. One last thing. We talk about it a lot for T's team. Do you like? Does he have the right lineup? Should he look at Damian Pierce or Rashad White, or is it pretty set? Seems to be pretty set. I don't hate Rashad White Thursday against Buffalo. <clears throat> he gets a ton of catches, uh, which helps out. He doesn't really do much on the ground, but he still gets a ton of carries. Uh, and this last week kind of proved that. Uh, you know, he had a decent game with not really doing much with what he was given. So. But I think where he's sitting right now, he's probably in a good spot. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see if um, either team makes a change because you could do the same thing with Jim's team. Like, Corbin Sutton has been kind of the guy for for the Broncos. But, I mean, do you, do you trust any passing uh, options for the Broncos right now against the Chiefs? And, and I say that because, like, yes, you would say they're going to have to throw and try to stay in it against – Kansas City, but we had the same um, thoughts and projections for for the Broncos against the Dolphins, and they put up like six points. So I can see that happening again, where it's just a route and they can't get anything going because they are stupid. Yeah, I don't know. I think more so on this one, I wouldn't be surprised or mad at if Jimbo got away to get KJ Osborne in there in that flex against Green Bay. He has a reverse stack too there if he does yeah, that. Yeah, reverse stack would help. I mean, eight, seven, and eight the last couple of weeks. If he does that with a touchdown, you're sitting at a 15 pointer. So and it could be it could be just as easily KJ's week as it was Addison's last week. It just sure. You never know. I mean, he's out there on a ton of snaps. He plays a ton. And yeah, so I more so on Jimbo's side, I can see him maybe doing that if you want to get away from the Broncos' uncertainty with with Sutton. Uh, but Sutton's been scoring more, so kind of the reverse thing what I just said about Osborne. Like Sutton gets a touchdown and a couple catches here and there. He's just right there at the same spot as if – and Osborne's not really been getting his scoring. So it's kind of the flip-flop of the two. So just whatever Jimbo decides to do, it'll probably be the wrong decision. <laughs> how it always goes whenever you've got – any semblance of questioning on who to play for players that are pretty much the same type of a player. So whoever he decides to go with will probably be like, okay, but the one that he puts on the bench will probably either score or catch some big long pass, make it say, oh, I shouldn't play. Huh? <laughs> these, these two are going to be the tinkerers this week for sure. Everyone else, you know, like Brandon, typical tinkerer, but he doesn't have to do much this week, right? He's not going to, care to try has he even been tinkering a lot this year i feel like he's been playing pretty much the same lineup every week yeah i mean i guess so because good that flex spot probably moves between jacobs and Brees and uh, whoever but we're not talking about him do nothing commish do nothing we're not talking about you anymore let's go to a big matchup between one and six teams Gooch's soft tissue rehab versus Matt's Chase's gay. And this matchup is going to determine who has a better lottery pick, Ben or Brandon. 
So a lot, a lot on the line here. <laughs> yeah, I got to say this one, the Gooch has got a better team, especially after which we haven't talked about that trade from yesterday. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about uh, it. I mean, uh, Debo probably time, isn't right? playing, but Christian Kirk is, and Christian Kirk's was a lot better, and he's got sake. I mean, yeah, let's talk about the trade. The trade <clears> was <throat> between Chase and Doug. Unbelievable Doug, that Doug uh, he was able to get Doug involved in a trade, I think. I got Doug involved in a trade just like two days before or whatever. Hello. Oh, hello. Should we talk about that one too? Yeah. We'll, we'll do mine first because it's the last one. But I traded uh, a second, Kenny Pickett, Craig Reynolds, Josh Palmer, and Imari DiMercato to Doug for Kyler Murray and Devontae Parker and a fifth. So uh, gave him some some of his running back depth for his replacement for James Conner. He got uh, another young quarterback, maybe not as prolific as Kyler, and then uh, you know, like a good wide receiver in Josh Palmer. And I got Kyler for next year. Yes, you got Kyler for next year, no matter where he's playing. I know you're a lot higher on him than me and maybe some, but you did mention, you know, it's not a, you didn't, you basically gave a bunch of random role players that seemingly kind of get tossed around a lot for Kyler. And we've kind of talked about it seconds are extremely hit or miss. So if you feel strongly that Kyler's going to be good top 10, top 12-ish quarterback, and Doug was looking to fill holes in certain spots, get a pick and move on from some players, then I would say slight. I would say overall, I would say overall slight edge to you on winning on the trade, but I'm just not a Kyler fan, so it's slight. I'm still giving it you the edge, but it's slight. We'll just say it's a fair trade. It's fine. I'm I don't know. We I'm say it's a fair that. trade too much, though. I'm trying to, I'm trying to actually give someone a win here, and I'm going to give you a a win here. It's like you won fifty five, fifty or whatever the numbers need to be. Forty five. I don't yeah. know how to do it's fifty five fifty for sure. <laughs> Yeah, let's go, let's, go, uh, let's go to the more important one. Um, Doug continues to sell off some of his guys. He trades Christian Kirk, Debo Samuel, a second, two-fourths, and two-fifths to Chase. And in return, Chase sends Rashid Shahid, his, like, one of his guys, surprising. Oh, I didn't even Zach see he was involved in that trade. And then a first two seconds and two thirds. So a lot more pick capital going to Doug, of course. Um, but also, you know, a young, a young wide receiver that shows some promise. So how do you grade this trade? I grade this trade a gooch win. It's more than slight. It's not by a mile and it's not huge because I like Christian Kirk. I've liked him ever since he went to the Jaguars. He's a very solid PPR type receiver. I don't ever know what to make of Debo. He's always hurt. He'll have it come two, three so games where he's have some crazy stat line. Uh, I don't know. if He's probably like 26 or 27. So, like, I guess you could – I mean, Gooch just wants his 49ers, but both of those players are – help Gooch now, even though Gooch, like, kind of 
got himself and this is what we talked about with Gooch like weeks ago what was he gonna do and he kind of did both he kind of started to tank slash build up picks and then he turned those picks into different types of players so he kind of both I don't know if any of these moves are really I don't know it it almost kind of seems as like restless wanting to make moves not make and I making up your mind on where you want to be you know he said it in the chat many times where he's like Oh, who needs picks? And he's like, get, but then he's the next day he's like trying to get picked. I don't know. It just kind of seemed a little confusing. But I like Kirk. Not the big Debo guy, but he's a 49er and he's one of those players that just always gets talked about. So but Doug did good. Doug got a first and seconds and thirds for these players. And so, but I still like the slight edge because again. To me, seconds and even way more so thirds, you're shooting into the stars on trying to find a player that's worth those picks these days and who's going to actually be worth it down the line. So when you look at it, in my opinion, yeah, I would much rather have Christian Kirk and Debo today than potential of a second or third round pick in a year or two or three. So win to Gooch. But I like what Doug's doing. I like what Doug's trying to do. You know, he hasn't given up. He's kind of given up on the season, I suppose, but he's looking to the future. There's been a lot of scuttlebutt if Doug's going to be around much longer in the league. I don't know if this is telling us yes or if he's just was able to – you guys caught him on a week or so of being bored and wanting to make moves. Who knows? You know, I got a couple things to say on, on what you just said. Doug's committed. Doug's in. Can't let him leave. Secondly, I, of all people, cannot judge anyone for making moves just to make a move, and it's fun. So more power to both of them. And uh, third, my question to you is, what's the breakdown? If You know, you said it wasn't – it was more than a slight edge. Are we talking like 65-40, 75-30? What's – what are we doing? I'm doing – I'm going to do – I want to get Gooch to the 70 mark, but instead I'm going to do 68, 50. Okay. A little like, like you said, not as slight as mine, but not overwhelming. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So anyway, back to the matchup. Back to the matchup. Gooch, Gooch has a better team overall. He'll replace Christian Kirk. He'll put in Christian Kirk instead of Rashid Shahid, which will be, um, you know, even more points. That'll be a plus for his lineup this week, even though he won't have Debo. So, pretty comfortable win for for Gooch. What we're saying over Matt. Yeah, I, I don't really see how this isn't a comfortable win. Uh, Matt's lucky to be able to put out a starting team these days. Uh, I mean, if Douglas has another, got like for... what three touchdown game. Yeah, I mean, four, but. Foreman could easily replicate that against the Chargers this week with their with their not so good defense. So maybe yeah. between Herbert Foreman, your boy Rashi's been coming on, and Rashi's been, been coming involved. on. If that's his ticket here, but we're we're talking big scores because I do believe Gooch is going to get solid play out of Javante and Saquon. He's going to get solid play out of Kirk. Solid play out of Ayuk. Much to my hatred, he's been getting solid play out of Kittle recently. A top eight. Tight end, still not a top five. Made that proclamation. It's never going to happen. We're always going to be able to come back to that. 
so yeah, I, I'm giving Gooch the win here. I think if Matt were to win, Matt would just probably sit there on the couch rolling his eyes and probably make some sort of comment about how horrible everyone else is in the league and he is going to win even though he's not he's actively trying not to. Hmm. Interesting, no QJ in the lineup. Uh, no cubes? For the, no cubes this week. But after his performances recently, I can't fault him. But Bears defense, maybe this would be the week that it happens. So, just putting that out there. Putting it out there. Is this the week that Cuge gets a touchdown or, like, I'd say this is yards? the week Cuge, Cuge gets, yeah, this is the week he gets, like, three catches, which will uh, be his best game of the year so far. So. Yeah. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby or, steps. Or he's just proven he's – not beating those TCU allegations, either one. I don't know. He's under um, he's under allegations, meaning like, oh, not the, TCU receivers aren't good. Yeah, t- exactly. Got it. Got it. I thought he was in some sort of scandal. No, not like Olave. Freaking Olave, just getting self arrested. He's probably trying to get out of New Orleans because he's like already. Like this is stupid, Derek Carr. Did you did you see the video of him getting pulled over? Yeah, I did. I played for the Saints, and and that was pretty I, good. I, don't know. I just thought you. I, I would have been like, well, I just I, thought you might want to know. <laughs> I had somewhere. To, I had somewhere to go. That's all. Then I just started driving. Like I can get you tickets, man. I can get you whatever you want. Just let me go. Uh. Uh, I don't know where. Okay, let's let's give this matchup between Ben and Doug the same amount of attention they give to their teams. So, fifteen seconds. Fifteen seconds. Okay, and the winner is <clears throat> Ben. Ben, Doug's got a slight chance as always because of Tua and Daryl, but Ben. All right. Lastly, we will go to your epic match of this week. And this is the matchup between Stephen A. Hesse and Sneak Bayless. And I'll let you guys figure out who's who. I, it's, it's boggling my mind. <laughs> oh, Hesse. What a matchup. So, Accordingly, I am Stephen A. Hesse. I have changed my name to go up against Sneak Bayless. And I am picking myself for the win because I need it. And my team is going to put it together this week to take down uh, Hesse, who has been very good all year long. He was just part. We just talked to him. You know, he's strongly looking at the playoffs, but he can't falter. But this is a faltering week. I'm going to say that I come out with this win. My receivers play well. My running backs play well. You know, Ford is probably out this week, so he's going to have to play. David Montgomery might be back. Madison may be in there. Elliott. So he's got a tough call on his second running back. And... Thursday night had been some stinkers and had been some weird games. So 
his Bucks receivers could start off the week with some tough scores against Buffalo, or they could start out the week each with amazing scores, and things will shift quickly for me. But uh, yeah, anyway, it's uh, I got to get this win. I don't know exactly I'm going to play in my flex yet. Currently, I got Rochi in there. We'll see if he sticks around. Yeah, if, yeah. if he plays, I, I like that call. Uh, you know, I expect him to at least split with Dunta. And yeah, just a good matchup. And you know, it's, it's time for him to really take take that backfield as his own. They wanted to. I, I feel like all the signals for when he's been healthy and, and playing, like they want him to be the guy. He just has had concussions and, and been hurt on and off. So, um, but yeah, Pickens, London have really been trending up lately. Big Bry, who he started off hotter this season, but is still really steady. Um, really important to that offense. So I like your odds this week. Again, like we always talk about, it comes down to Lamar and Mark Andrews. If they blow up like they did last week, it'll be tough for you. We've seen them dud out this year as well. So just that's, I think that's where it hinges as always for Hesse. As always, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of have a bad week because if they both just had amazing weeks and I don't know if they're going to do it two weeks in a row, but if they do, then I'm in trouble. Yeah. We'll also know a lot about this, like you mentioned already on Thursday night. If if Godwin and Evans are, are duds, well, you're going to be sitting pretty. So we'll see. Should we go into the last week of tricks or treats? Yes, we should. Let's review our, our scores from last week. We both went um, one and one, so not great. Not terrible. I had a trick, a dope of Raheem Mostert against the Eagles. That came to fruition. He's, you know, had a down game, but that was very expected. Nice. And then I I tried to catch a hope in a repeat for Keontae Ingram on the Cardinals. Uh, your boy, Jonathan Gannon, threw everyone for a loop, gave all the work back to Amari Jimercado after not giving any work the week before. So, uh, miss. On my part, like I guess if I would have just said a Cardinals running back, it would have hit, but uh, whiff there. You had a treat, a hope of Saquon Barkley, and he had a great game, was very involved, beat his projections, and helped Gooch to beat me. So good call there. And your trick was Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, he scored a touchdown, he beat his projections, so unfortunately didn't didn't dope out against you, helped uh, contribute to your loss. So uh, that was last week's results. We're doing pretty good. I'm impressed with us. I mean, you know, better than I would do. Let me give you you mine for this week. Maybe I can continue at least a a 500 streak. But my hope this week is actually going to be on Hesse's team against you. I'm sorry. But okay. as you know, I, I labored over this one. And I'm going to try and write a trend and say Kendrick Bourne is going to be a treat this week. Coming off back-to-back good games against the Raiders and the Bills, he's become the number one guy for the Patriots. And they're playing the Dolphins. They're going to need to throw, I'm guessing. They're going to need to try and score. So he should be, again, the focal part of their offense. And I'd just like him to you know, have a bunch of targets catch a bunch of those, potentially score, and just have a good week for Hesse. 
Unless you should obviously play him instead of Terry McLaurin because we, as the Scum and Sneak Show, never suggest playing Terry McLaurin. No, we do not. That's a fun call. Young Kendrick has been booming up recently for the Patriots, and uh, yeah, I can see it definitely happening again for a third week in a row. So that's a fun call. And then on my dope call, uh, sorry, on my trick call, I'm going to go to Gucci's team. You mentioned him earlier, and I was like, I don't really see big things from Javante Williams. Okay. I I just don't like the matchup against the Chiefs. I just feel like the the Broncos are going to dud even more than they normally have. Javante's been more down than up. He had a good game last week, almost had like 100 yards, was very involved, but I just kind of see him being phased out of this one. Again, his thing is just go really south for the Broncos. So trick Javante this week. Well, that's not going to be good for Gooch if he's going to hope to get this win, but I can see it happening. All right. My trick this week, I'm going after one of the top guys in the position, and that is Travis Etienne. Oh, big call. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm going to say he's been on a tear, multiple touchdowns in back to back to bat games it seems like number three running back on the year i just i'm going to go back to the well here with one of my old school patented sneak calls of saying big timer who's been tearing is going to be torn down and tricking this week is etn i'm expecting a very bad game from him which will then just lend itself to the jaguars having to throw it more getting their receivers more involved and helping out people when those in those areas so etn is a trick Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for the projection that he's had to sustain. Like, we don't see that outside of Christian McCaffrey. So maybe ETN is that level, but, I, you know, I could see it definitely tapering off this week. And my treat, it's on Matt's team. Not going to really help him win because I just don't think he's got enough. But he's been trending up. I know Matt's extremely excited about it being on his team. And it's Reishi Rice. Reishi, we talked about him already. Like we talked call. about him. He's going to have to, someone's going to have to emerge outside of Kelsey on that team. It seems to be him. His playing time, his snap count, everything has just been going up and up and up. Uh, and I expect him just to continue to get better and better. And uh, the Denver game this week, uh, I think that's who they're playing, right? Yeah. I mean, pretty good matchup. I'm expecting, you know, a good stat line there. Maybe maybe getting close to that 100 yards, another touchdown. Uh, I know Matt's extremely excited about getting him back in that trade and, and with the potential and future he has there. And I'm calling him to be our last week or my last week uh, treat slash hope. I like it. I mean, you mentioned it, all the, the usage and – um, everything has been trending way up for him and he's been succeeding in that role. So Mahomes, Andy Reid, they're just going to trust him more, especially when you look at who he's competing against. You know, Scott and Snake Show, uh, just add them to the list of losers, people that we hate, but Sky Moore with two Ys, Kadarius Tony, like we've never believed in them. So he, he being Rashi definitely stands out in that wide receiver room and yeah, I like what we've seen from him, so good call from you. Yeehaw! 
Ooh. All right, that yeehaw takes us into America's favorite segment. Gum and Schneek at the Thursday night game wrong. But Schneek, you have not gotten it wrong all year. Man, I wonder how much money I would have won if I would have been bad. A decent amount. I don't know why you're not doing it. You live in a state where you can bet. Like uh, with DraftKings and FanDuel and, and all those stuff. All that stuff. I have my stupid apps and uh, I'm not done well. So I should be, I should be taking your picks. <laughs> but we've got, we've got the Buccaneers going up to Buffalo to play the Bills. Bills coming off of that, you know, upset loss to the Patriots. Um, you would expect a team of their caliber and their recent success to bounce back in a big way, but they tend to just play at the same level as whoever they're playing against. So this one could very well be another close one, and you know, maybe they drop two in a row. What say you? I think this is where I'm going to lose for the first time because I got to make a. Not the safest call. I'm going to say the Bucks win on Thursday night. You know what? I'm with you. I'm going to take the Bucks too, just because something is off in Buffalo. Um, I don't know what it is, but they just they're not putting it together. Uh, defense has been struggling too, so they're going up against a pretty decent offense with with Baker, with uh, Godwin and Evans, Rashad White. You know, like. There, I think the bill. The, sorry, I think the Bucks will score, and the Bills may just flounder and do stupid stuff like they tend to do. So, I'll take the Bucks as well. What's your score? Twenty-one twenty. Oh, give me twenty-seven twenty-six. <laughs> One point differences all around. Yep. Both in both cases, uh, Bills have the ball last. They score a touchdown, and they go for two, and then miss it like idiots. I'm gonna say that they're gonna be down 21. They're gonna be down 21-17. They're gonna have the ball. They're gonna they're gonna get down the field quick. They're gonna have enough time left, or what? They're gonna decide to kick the field goal, and then they're gonna decide to kick the field goal. And they're like, okay, we need to stop the Bucks, and and but you know the Bucks are gonna do one of those like if they get this third down, the game's over, and then they'll get some miraculous third down, and then the the Bills won't ever have a chance to get the ball back with like you know a minute left or something like that. Fun, okay, all right. We'll see. We'll see if that plays out. So again, all you betters out there, like Sneak, take the Bucks money line and cash out. Take my take my winnings to the bank. Snake, we uh, we stumbled a bit coming out of the gates this week, but I think we finished strong. I think we really picked up our, our pace at the end there. So good job on you. Uh, good job on everyone for making it through to this point, if you have. And let's see how the second half of the season goes. It's going to be interesting. We're going to be really focusing on those playoff races over the next few weeks. So excited to do that. Keep your eye out as we get closer to the end here, folks. We're uh, we're here. We're in the thick of it. See you guys next time. Bye.
this week's episode of the Scott Machine Show has contained a lot of talk about different holidays. And Juge Plus wants to be there for all of your holiday needs. And what better way to fulfill your decorating needs and also your craftsman needs and also your day-to-day hullabaloo than Scummy Lobby. We are moving in to the to the realm of just all kinds of themed shenanigans at Scummy Lobby, and we'll be sure to have Halloween decorations in June. We'll have Christmas decorations in August. And by the time those holidays actually run around and people are looking for them, they won't be there. But that is the model that we're going to follow at Scummy Lobby, part of the Juge Plus Confederation. And we're happy to do that for you. So, listeners of the Scummy Schnick Show can walk in to the newest Scummy Lobby online store that we'll have set up. Let us know what you're looking for, and you can have 25% off. That's right, 25% off of any decoration or craft thing that you need. Scummy Lobby. Huge <laughs> plus. Oh, we're, we're falling flat on this one. We're back. 25% off. You can't, you can't beat it, folks. Gosh. Oh my. <clears throat> that might get cut and I should put it at the end. We're gonna we're gonna see. We're gonna see how I feel upon editing. Oh, I don't feel great already.